ladies and gentlemen, you are now clear to hear Sky Lounge, the podcast. Uh, these are your hosts speaking. Hey everybody, welcome to Sky Lounge, the podcast where two travel nuts discuss everything that happens from the time you arrive at the airport to the time when the plane leaves the ground. Uh, we're here. We're here to kind of help demystify the airport travel experience. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Air Travel himself, Ty Piazza. What's going on, dude? RJ, yes, yes, yes. Today, I am super excited for our guest. Oh, we got a guest. Who's our guest, Ty? Oh man how do how do we how do we say this? So, Nolan is a uh, a longtime buddy from from college, uh, roommate, yep. uh, hiking um, expert. Um, and just right. general all around, you know, guy that he brings the fun, he brings the party, right? Always the energy is high. So, you know, normally this podcast is really like monotone and we expect no one to just bring the fire. Bring the heat. I'm excited. Oh yeah. Let's go. Nolan Bedore, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I, I stepped all over your intro. So you probably have to redo that. My, my bad. <laughs> no, no. It was, My bad. That's perfect. That's I mean, that's that's the normal level of chatter that we have. All right, that's so great. Nolan Bedore, tell the people what they want to hear the most. What airport do you live closest to? Mm, mm. I live closest to the Eden Prairie, uh, actually the Flying Cloud Regional Airport. Which you've never heard. You've Whoa, never heard of it before. You like that? that one, huh? Are you surprised? Yeah, you that was like a sneak attack. You thought Flying I was. Cloud. You you thought I was going the normal route, didn't you? Yeah, Flying Cloud. Yeah. <laughs> Flying Cloud Airport, the little regional airport, probably wow, probably ten miles, no, less than that, probably from where I live. Uh, just small, you know, just private jets and, and puddle jumpers. I'm on the so west. That's how you travel. Yeah, yeah, that's where my private jet is. Nice. And my and my and my low key Midwestern yeah, flying. My recreational Cessna's over there too. So, um, yeah, but no, it's I think it's just mostly private aircraft and uh, and corporate jet. Like going out of there, so. so if you're trying to get to like a real city, uh, what airline and airport do you normally fly? Out? So you have, obviously you got regional airports, but certainly there's got to be somewhere where you really park the big airplanes, right? Yeah. So the real airport here is, is uh, Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport, and that's where that's where uh, normal people fly out of, and from in <laughs> Minnesota. So nice. Is nice. it snowing there yet? I mean, I know it's. We're recording this at the end of November. It'll probably air in like February. But is it snowing there yet? We have snow on the ground. Yeah, yeah, we have a wow. couple inches maybe. So not terrible, but not great. You know. Now for an airport like that, Minneapolis, like when you're trying to fly out for the holidays or whatever, is it hell because there's so much snow, or is it pretty? Like, do they have the equipment to keep it running? Yeah, the, the the infrastructure here is pretty pretty well built out. So usually they have a fleet of you know snow plows and equipment. We use a lot of salt, so I don't think they get hampered too bad by by snow on the ground. Um, obviously, the you know bad weather, ice at the different story, but uh, no, I think it's pretty pretty smooth yeah. for the most part. Well, well, I, as a Delta guy, Nolan, like. I mean, I've had my fair share of uh, passers through at Minneapolis or even like, you know, jetting anywhere. And I've always found that they are efficient, right? Like Salt Lake City level efficient, where like 
they got the time built in the schedule for the de-icing. They got it together. Um, and it always seems to just work. It's a big airport. Um, so you got to be, you know, willing to huff it around. But in general, I've always had very positive experiences through there. So yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, it's a good airport. It's And, and Delta is, is the way to go if you are willing to, you know, pay a little bit extra. It's, it's certainly worth it, Mark. Yeah, because we don't fly Sun Country, or whatever that airline's called. It's, the, it's for, trying to it's make the trying to make it a two hub type of city. Yeah, exactly. Commies. So terrible. Uh, well, we're not we're not here, despite what the beginning of this podcast has turned into. We're not here to talk about Minnesota today. Nope. Nope. Uh, our our uh, topic today is logistics. Uh, hmm. Logistics in flying. Logistics in airport. Uh, you know, literally any, we could go any way we want. Uh, but Nolan Bador, can you explain to the people and to me, because I quite frankly don't know mm. what the fuck you do for mm. work. Can you explain what it is you do for your job, your day to day? Yeah. What's your pitch? What's, yeah, what's your elevator what's pitch? Well, I won't give you a st- He has no Yeah, idea. I have no I have, So he's sweating so I have much right no now. He has I, no yeah. idea what he does. I, I, am, I know. He just took out the headband. Yeah, I, I'm actually Googling. He just took out his uh, user manual. I'm Googling my own company right now. Do? Yeah, hold on. What do I Where's do? The handbook? What is, anyway. Um, yeah, it doesn't really give me a good description. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I work in this really antiquated industry. Um, it, it's totally old nice. old school, and it's, it's like the dirt under the fingernail. Right, but um, okay. Whoa. It, uh, so I'm in, I'm in international logistics, and it, it's otherwise referred to as freight forwarding. So, really, the, 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 okay. The way to describe it is we are travel agents for freight, for cargo. So, um, ah. so cool, dude. Never people, heard it that way. Actually, people listening to this right now just are rock hard by what you just said. <laughs> Oh, I know, it's it's God, riveting dude. stuff. It really is riveting stuff. Um, yeah. So, so you know, what what do you what's your what role do you play in the international logistics? Yeah, this is gonna be surprising to people, but I'm in sales, and you're not gonna believe that after hearing this. But um, I am in sales, uh, international logistics sales. Um, so oh. yeah, go go ahead. So you're the okay. So like, let's say your company, Company A, is the travel agent. So. If I'm putting the pieces together here, you're going to have to have some sort of a customer and you are going to have you as Nolan are going to have to, let's say, sell what your company can do as a travel agent for for freight. Right. Yeah. So our company doesn't own any any physical assets like planes, trains or automobiles. Um, we are just really selling a service. So we're, we're bridging. We're, gotcha. we're connecting, um, you know. We're, we're helping facilitate global trade really is what we're doing, right? If a, yeah. co- if a company, oh, it's humble all, brag. it's a, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're just keeping the economy, so, so we're just keeping the economy for- afloat. That's all. So <laughs> you don't, you don't work for a UPS per se, but you work for a company where UPS would, you would go to a UPS type, uh, company and assist them in their freight situation yeah so if you have uh if you're a manufacturer let's say in the united states and you're selling your uh part overseas to another customer uh we would it's it's interesting because you know as a passenger you can obviously go to an airline and buy a ticket and you can jump on that plane Mm -hmm. and go and interact directly with the airline uh on the commercial side from business side you uh airlines do not interact directly with businesses or uh 
you know, manufacturers, shippers. So they, the, the shippers, the manufacturers need to find somebody, you know, who can basically procure space on these aircraft and sell it back to the customer. So our job is to go out and we talk and negotiate with all these different airlines and uh, procure space for them. And then we sell it back to our customers. So, um, Delta is a good mm. example, right? Delta's got uh, you know, flights to wherever. Uh, let's take yeah, Air France from Minneapolis to France, right? They've got a, a flight and we've got space on that flight and we sell it back to our customers. So for the people out there that are just like upside down on their back, like a turtle trying to figure out what you said, right? What, what also rock hard, (laughs) right? I mean, obviously, uh, if you're a turtle, um, but so the, I guess the question to clarify, right. Is that when, you know, you and your family are traveling from, you know, let's, let's say that Minneapolis to Paris route, like we don't normally think that, on that plane is our bags plus a whole bunch of other stuff. So what you're saying is that the airline actually says, Hey, we have this available space and your job is to, to make sure that space is, is filled by perhaps your, your, your car, your customer's cargo, something like this. Right. Yeah. So um, the priority for airlines is uh, obviously passengers first. Um, Mm. then, then it's, uh, the passenger's luggage naturally. Then I believe it's live animal, and then mail, and then How about that medical equipment. I thought and, that was and, ranked kind of high. Actually, you know, I might I might have this totally wrong, but um, and then it's it's like uh, they call freight all kinds or general cargo. So um, ah, general freight, cereal boxes, Me- yeah, medical medical devices actually might make it up there somehow. Like you know, li- like life saving equipment sure. or whatever. Uh, yeah, you might be right about that. What? What is more? Uh, no, this is going to be so dumb. This is going to be no, so no, dumb. No. I is, can already a, tell. No, this is a legit question. This is a legit question. Hey, the man. dumb questions this... will come. Don't worry. Okay. Well, I mean, and this is actually a dumb question, but it's not a joke. What is more like valuable to your customers? Or uh, I don't even really know what the question is, but what is more valuable in your industry? Is it weight or mm. like physical space or both? Is there like a equation or something? Yeah, it's a good question. Wow, that... Yeah. Okay, don't don't indulge. Yeah, but it was a pretty good. It was a pretty good question. Like, <laughs> I, listen, I was I thought you were going to say what's what's more expensive to ship, donuts or donut holes. Well, that was my second yeah, question. Yeah, that was the follow up. Right the follow up. Um, yeah. So basically, we have an equation. How we uh, like are the pricing is based on weight or um, volume, uh, depending on what what is greater. And there's an equation to basically like common rate and figure that out. Um, Ideally for us, we want both, right? We want like really dense um, freight and we want really, um, here's a you know, $100 word, voluminous freight, right? Uh, dimensional freight. Whoa. Nice. So we can get into like how you build these uh, consolidations that go on, you know, um, aircraft, but that's, we, want, we want a nice mix and match, right? Because if you just have dense freight, you want to fill in holes, right? Uh, with just air and then... Yeah. Mm. So, oh man, so many questions. This is actually far yeah. more interesting than I thought it was going to be. So kudos, Nolan. <laughs> the bar is bar was so low. Ty doesn't oh my read God. the yeah. notes before these. Yeah, no, I, I be just I just came into it totally cold, being like I thought we were going to talk about hiking. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the question I guess is, um, 
do do you like do you have sort of like pre-negotiated like routings for your customers like they want to go from you know a airport to b airport like on the regular or are you getting a customer being like hey i got this one-off deal i gotta get it to um i don't know timbuktu Mm -hmm. for instance uh like do you take on that are you pretty much just like you're on the highways and you don't deal with the special stuff yeah no we do both the way i mean yeah so we've got customers that that have regular um shipping pattern regular regular lanes so they might have a Mm. another facility overseas um you know they might have a facility in amsterdam that they're just constantly shipping um you know finished product to or raw materials to um but then we have like the customers who are just who are who have international sales and those might just be ad hoc one off so Mm. we're, we're doing both and then you know yeah the way yeah the airlines will give you like hey for you know fixed pricing on certain uh shipping you know port pairs if you will uh, and, and then they'll give you just kind of spot pricing what what based on what the current market is, is is bearing it just all depends on you know volumes and and weight and all that stuff so hmm. interesting interesting Do, okay what what ratio would you say is like is most of your business in like passenger flights or do you use like fedex mm. ups like just cargo planes too oh good question all right so um okay so most all right so yeah and there's two different kind of uh, think about two different types of like aircraft right there's passenger aircraft and there's um um basically uh, cargo only aircraft so that's like just yeah. strictly commercial think of your fedex and ups's we don't really deal a lot with with their 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 uh providers for us but they're also competitors so um we don't really who uh, like FedEx, like FedEx and UPS in particular. Oh, um, okay. Um, we have like a contract with FedEx, but we don't really uh, mess around with them a lot. More, it's more like domestic air freight, just within the U.S. If we need to fly something, um, so there's you think of like passenger aircraft, and uh, then there's just the straight what we call freighters, you know, cargo on the aircraft. So, um, I don't know how to answer this question? In between, so I know this, in between Europe and the United States, going back and forth, I think it's half of the cargo, um, half of freight moves on a passenger aircraft. Um, oh, interesting. So, yeah, so when, when COVID hit and they parked all the passenger you know, aircraft, that really hurt international trade, obviously, because, you know, you just had all this capacity, all these all these aircraft just, just gone out of the market. Uh, well, right, and you also heard of these, like, ghost flights that were flying you know I, I i maybe it was nbc one of these news networks did this big story about ghost flights mm-hmm. and how airlines are flying these a couple of flights a day with no one on them because no one wanted to fly but then it came out a couple of weeks later like well no they're actually doing this to like get goods from one place to the other as well right yeah and you saw i think there was like a, a story out there where united airlines make a couple of those they remove the seats on the upper deck you know and mm. oh, and wow. to, to load that with with freight and goods um, and you know, no passengers so they were trying to do whatever you know there was it was a very dire situation for a while for the airlines right they were they didn't know when they were going to recover so they were doing whatever they could to stay afloat so well mm. this this actually brings us seamlessly into our news story for today we always have a news story um and Rarely do they have anything to do with the topic, but uh, we got lucky today. Uh, 
or a couple of days ago from freightwaves.com. I'm sure you frequent it's this. It. I'm uh, actually, yeah, I, I'm very familiar. Yeah. Sure. Are you really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, so basically the story is about FedEx scaling back mm. the number of flights that it operates uh, post COVID. Mm. I guess they're going to cut down. They're going to take nine daily international flights away mm. and 23 domestic frequencies away and i guess it's gonna in the end save them between 2.2 billion dollars and 2.7 billion dollars um which is kind of nuts but how does something like this story affect you or or is it just like you said you don't you don't mess with fedex too much so it, it doesn't really but i guess in general for your industry how does something like this affect it's probably not going to affect things, you know, I guess too much. What they're trying to do is just match up their supply with the existing demand in the market. Right. So um, for the last two years, we had we had kind of, you know, obviously juiced the economy to, to keep everything going uh, during COVID. As a result of that, we had a huge, you know, demand surge, people buying goods left and right. All that shit comes from China um, or, or overseas. So. You had just a huge surplus of goods coming into the, into the U.S., and now we're starting to see really like a what we call like a bullwhip effect right now. So you know, there's concerns of you know economy cooling and sales are dropping, and customers are, and, and uh, excuse me, like retailers in particular are caught in a really bad situation with really high inventory levels. You know, because if you want if you want to stop ordering your goods, you've got to do it. You know, if you're perfect, you got to do it like four months in advance of sales dropping off, and nobody can forecast that. So right, right now, you, people are sitting on two or three x of the you know normal inventory, and they're seeing sales uh, decline. So um, people are people are not bringing in as much stuff anymore. So FedEx is just really they're just they're just cutting on unnecessary flights that don't need to be you know there's just no demand for them, so they're just taking them out of circulation. Um, so we're really, it's like not, it's not going to affect us too much. They're just matching up the, the supply with the demand. So, mm. and we're seeing probably a lot gotcha. of that from other airlines too. Yeah. So I guess the question and RJ, we're, we're going to kind of deviate to a different form of transportation, uh, for a yeah. moment, but like, we're talking about, you know, cargo on, on airplanes, like Nolan, do you, do you, there's obviously routings that would go you know, via ocean freighters, mm -hmm. right. Or trains to ocean, mm -hmm. things like that. Like, do you st strictly act as a travel agent for freight on aircraft or do you also work to try to do the same with more of that heavy cargo that doesn't have the same sensitivity that can go ocean and get stuck in the canal and all that sort of stuff? Like, is that also something that you're working on? Or do you have some kind of ocean airplane hybrid ship? <laughs> that we don't know about. All right. So oh, I hope it's the latter. I know. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, all right. So I'm going to start with Ty's question. Um, yeah, yeah, yes. Perfect. Um, we, we act as a, like a, a travel agent for all different modes of transportation. So, um, mm. ocean, ocean freight, international ocean freight, air freight, uh, even domestic, uh, cargo. We also act as a custom broker. So anything that comes into the U S enters U S commerce, has to you know be cleared and released by customs um so wait so how uh 
I'm an idiot. Yeah. How do how do you broker that? Like, what? Uh, explain that a little bit. Yeah. So we're, when I say customs broker, we don't we don't actually broker that out. It's just it's just the phrasing, if, if you will. It's just what it's called. But so we um, there has to be an importer for everything that comes into the U.S. And we act we file oh. the customs declaration on the importer's behalf. Um. So we, yeah, it, it's just, frankly, you deal with all the bullshit so the company doesn't have to. It's a bunch of bullshit and uh, just a lot of, yeah, it, it, it's really nerdy. Um, but it, it's important because, frankly, if you, if you, um, you know, customs collects duty on everything that comes in to the United States, right? So if you are, don't have your ducks in a row, uh, customs will try to come after you, right? If you are trying to pay a lower duty amount, um, and the goods aren't classified the right way, they'll, they'll come after you. So it's, it's it's pretty important to, to companies if they want to you know stay afloat. So I'll drop a little logistics knowledge here, Hit Nolan, me. for a second. So let's go. Like that all depends on the inco term, Ooh. correct? So sometimes oh. you're sometimes you're Wait, either responsible <laughs> for this, or it's on let's say whoever is the customer or whoever's importing it, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's correct. So, all right. So, Inco terms, RJ. Uh, these, it's yeah. this, uh, it's basically this. Uh, de- it's a determination of who's responsible for um, arranging transportation, who's responsible for risk if something is damaged in transit, who's responsible. Is that the seller or is that the buyer? Um, so, yeah, it, it just depends on this. What are you kind even of n- saying? Inco term? <laughs> yeah, it's, this is called Inco term. I don't understand term. what you're even saying. He, need, he needs, RJ needs like it to be spelled out. Can you out. spell it? I-N-C-O <laughs> no, like, terms. Inco. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. It's basically just, a, it's, so, just it's part of like a sales agreement, you know? It's like, who, who's responsible so, for what? So. So, this is, so this is such an interesting conversation because obviously I've known Nolan more than 10 years now and I've, I actually never heard him say that he was a freight forwarder. And for the job I have, we work a lot with freight forwarders. Um, and so like on our, on our side, we actually, so the business I'm in is we sell um, like radioactive equipment, right. Um, for Jesus. different types of uh, processing plants, things like that. So for instance, like say I'm selling to big oil as an example, right. Something like Enron, for instance. So like Enron's like, Hey, I have a plant over in Singapore. So, um, I'm going to buy this stuff from you and we get a purchase order and the Inco terms, which is some knowledge we just dropped on you says FCA, or it says DDP or, you know, something like that. And so basically in our contract, it states that, and then once it's time for us to ship our goods, we contact Nolan to arrange that our goods ship from our factory and land at Enron's plant in Singapore. Is that so? I think that's how our businesses are kind of overlapping. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so that's 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 kind of a that's kind of the worlds colliding, as they say. So, so let me try and clear it up a little bit. You you're making your sale, Ty, right, with your yep, radioactive yep. whatever. Uh, yep. Let's say you're selling it to um, a plant in Hawaii. Just to yes. give us whatever. You tell the person that you're selling it to, hey, it's going to be there uh, in X amount of months. And then do you call 
someone like Nolan's company and they just take care of it all? Or how uh, does that work? Well, the contract. Like where can is be... the actual? Where is the link in the chain in the like logistics? Yeah. Of yeah, getting something. You, you basically distill it down to like in its simplest form. Yeah, like at that point when it's ready to ship, Ty would yep. call me. We'd go. Gotcha. We'd go pick it up. We'd bring it to the yeah. airport. It would fly. All that. So, yeah. so, right. So, like, exactly. So, like, we finish the goods. They're on our dock. They're packaged. Whatever. So then we contact Nolan and we say, "Hey, this is the weight of the goods. This is the size of the goods." It's class seven, so it's hazardous material, right? And then Nolan says, okay, you know, types on the computer, makes a bunch of calls and says, hey, the earliest flight I can get is, you know, Minneapolis to Frankfurt, right? And then I can go Frankfurt to, you know, Singapore. And then from Singapore, you know, he can help us import it. He can help us get it on a truck to go to the end user, for instance. So like basically the time that I have it on the dock ready to go, and then Nolan says, hey, here it's going to be $45,000. I'll get it there. And then that's, I think, the linkage in the chain that, you know, delivers the goods to the customer. It's a really weird business because you think like that if you want to ship something to a customer in, you know, whatever, Germany or Poland, and you just want somebody to like, I just want somebody just to get it there, take care of all of it and get it there. I mean, I really make this simple, yeah. but if you go to the airline, they... They can't, they're going to, they're going to move it from airport to airport, right? They're not going to yep. do like the final mile delivery. They're not going to do the customs, you know, release in Poland. Um, so a company like ours, a freight forwarder is involved. You know, we, we handle the end to end movement and everything in between, right? Just kind of like one person to make it seamless. Um, so it's just a strange industry. Like there's, there's not, you know, there's not one person to do that apparently. So it's up to us. And this is one, so for our business, this, obviously during COVID, it was such a disaster because everything was so expensive. I mean, things that in night in 2000, early 2020, end of 19 would cost us $50,000. We're starting to cost $250,000, especially when we were trying to ship things to China and some places that just totally took all the, all the, the commercial flights because our goods would ship um, like so radioactive material can't ship ocean, right? It's got to ship via air and it can ship on commercial or it can ship on cargo. But because there were no routes, there was an extremely challenging scenario where we were getting like bumped off of airplanes. Like to that thing that Noel mentioned earlier, we were getting bumped because they had to get COVID supplies or mm-hmm. medical equipment or somebody jumped the line because they paid more. And it was just totally unpredictable whether or not your shit was going to actually go or if it wasn't. So I can imagine that no one's on the horn with a, and a, and I'm the customer and I'm like, dude, what the F? And he's like, Oh, let me figure it out. And then you find out, Oh, we got bumped or whatever. So I can only imagine the just high tension, you know, in that role with customers just trying to get their stuff out. Plus the pressures of COVID. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Oh, I don't know. It, it's been starting to, it started to ease uh, several months ago, but, it was chaos for like, and just complete volatility for eight, 18 months. Um, you know, so we can go So uh, go to go back to RJ's question, uh, I think real quick, he said, he said a combo platter, ocean air, uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever it was, uh, uh-huh. what were you saying? A, a hybrid. A hybrid. Um, is there some kind of vehicle that I don't know? 
that no, but there are services where you can like ship something ocean and fly it and all that. But no, okay, um, there's not. Um, yeah, good idea. What, no, that was, that was fix. What a <laughs> wait. No, what what would you like? Can you go through like step by step? And you don't have to get super granular, mm-hmm. but just like generally to um, explain to people, like let's say I have something in Los Angeles and I'm a company. Mm-hmm. I call you. What are you telling them that this is going to happen? It's going to what first get on a truck and then go to a like what generally what are some of the steps? Yeah. So so RJ wants to be a partial a par- parcel. Yep. Excuse me. He wants to be the package. So deliver yeah. him. He because we we say I'm a package. Yeah, yeah, so we we basically talked about this as if he was a suitcase. Yeah. So he liked when we would, we he traveled through the underpinnings of the airport. Yeah, now yeah. he's a package, yeah. trying to go, you know, freight. Yeah. How does that look? All right, so you're, you're gonna be and what you're gonna be a crate? Okay, you're you're gonna be a crate. A crate. Does okay, that sound okay. good? A crate. A yeah, wooden crate. I'm a crate. Okay. Call me crate, and yeah, and if there's any like, yeah, like, do I get to go to a different part of the airport have you been to that part of the airport uh yeah sorry yeah, go ahead and yeah. answer the question no no it's all good all good so yeah so we would uh you're you're mr crate you're ready to go uh you're out of dock yep. waiting to be picked up we would send it a truck we would load you on that truck you would uh most likely uh come back to our facility if you're just general cargo if you're Mr. Radioactive, like Ty, uh, we're mm. we're not gonna touch that shit on our dock. Uh, we're gonna send that directly to the airport, um, and you're probably paying, oh, okay. you're probably paying a nice premium um, because you're you're hazardous materials. Um, but you're Mr. Crate. You're just let's say I'm just normal. You're normal. You're normal widget. Crate. You're a widget crate. You're just full yeah. of widgets and shit. All right. Yeah. So you're gonna come. To, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. gonna come to our facility, and let's say, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Yeah, pick it. Uh, this is me, a fun send game. Me, send me to Australia. Oh, Jesus. Send me to Sydney. Fucking terrible one. All right. Um, God damn it. Okay, it's okay. All right. this place. Yeah, I know. All right, so we're just- I'm a bunch of a bunch of barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dumb. All right, so <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna come to our our uh, our facility, right? And we're gonna see the airline schedule, uh, their flights, and when the lockout is. So we need, when we need to deliver all this cargo to the airline in order to make the, that flight. Uh, most like with us, we are. Gonna, what do you mean the lockout? Uh, so the like the latest you can be there, like before, yeah, in order to make that flight. Basically, the the boarding time. You know, think of the boarding time for freight. I see. I yeah. see. I see. So when you get to our dock, we're actually gonna build up a consolidation. So we're not just going to ship you a sink. Most likely, we're not going to ship you as a single crate. Okay, on like we're not just going to put gonna put me with some other put you with some other, other similar crates. Exactly, put you with some other shit. Um, if you're going to move like on an express service, we're just going to load your one crate onto the airline and, and, and go out of the aircraft. But if you're just moving on a standard service, we're gonna we're gonna take what's called a cookie sheet. All right, it's a big metal platter. And we're going to put you on there. And then we're going to build, um, you know, we're going to put other pieces of freight on that cookie sheet. Um, it literally is like a giant cookie It's a sheet. giant cookie sheet. If you Google it, you'll see it. I, I can send you pictures, see if you'd like. Um, so, yeah, so you think of the uh, aircraft, right? It's a tube, uh, as you know. Um, mm. And there's, <laughs> yes. a, there's a floor in the middle of it, most, you know, roughly. And that's the, We sit on the upper deck, passengers sit on upper deck. And then below deck is where freight goes. But the shape of the under, you know, is, you know, like a U, whatever. And so yep. 
um, you have to build the these cookie sheets in a way that you know you know fit the contour of the of the aircraft basically right so oh, i never thought yeah of that. yeah so um, there's different ways to build are different shapes more expensive than other shapes no they, you know there's there's different types of um like i'm just i don't want to get super granular here but there's different types of these cookie sheets and consolidations are different uh, as all types but um just to make it simple it's basically just a, a, a you know a platter and then you're um putting all this cargo and they're building it up and then you're basically throwing a big net over it in many cases to hold all this shit together okay um so then we're gonna we're gonna take those and we're gonna deliver it to the airline okay they uh, the terminal the airline just like on a big truck yeah exactly and then we deliver to the terminal, and then the terminal loads the. Uh, in most cases, they load the aircraft directly, uh, and so these. Wait, okay, so wait, time out, real yeah. quick. It just this is where we should get a little granular. What? I mean, you're not driving up to the uh, departures. What? Where's this truck going? Is it like? Uh, does it go with all the? Pa- I assume it's not with all the passengers' baggage. Like where? If I'm at the airport, where and I'm driving up, where am I like looking to see where like the cargo stuff goes? Most likely, the flight you're on is going to be a narrow body passenger aircraft, and there's not going to be a lot of actual freight on there. Uh, certainly not going to be a lot of like these cons- like big consolidation cookie sheet type of things. Okay, those are. But if I'm going international, yep, yep, yeah. So then you're saying there's a chance I could see these cookie sheets getting loaded on, yep. or is this going to happen way before I get there? Um, yeah, there's a chance, but you're probably, you know, um, you're probably, it's probably, they're probably gonna be loaded from behind, to be honest with you, or uh, it could be, you could, you could see it. I, frankly, I don't fly international, so I don't know how the fuck they do that. Um, as a passenger, so. Well, Ty, you fly all the time internationally. You ever see these cookie sheets? Yeah. Well, I think, I think no one's underselling it because you can definitely see them loading especially on the bigger aircrafts yeah, like the terminal if you're triple like sevens eighty yeah. sevens you know three eighties stuff like that like if you're in let's say you're in um uh, you know korea or something like that they have these giant like they're like how they deliver like the food rj um except yeah. for they have like the they have all these like dolly wheels and they can like you know there's like a little guy with a little helmet driving this thing and it's like taking these little cookie sheets or I think that was the terminology mm-hmm. is like, and they kind of like spin it around and they, you know, they do whatever they got to do to load it. So like, I think there are scenarios where if you're on the airplane, you can either see another airplane being loaded or you can kind of feel your airplane being loaded by these things. But it's not something that we see a ton domestically because I think our general travel is like just, you know, yeah. localized on smaller seven thirty sevens type of thing. Yeah. And, um, Yes. Yeah, exactly. So if you, if you look around next to me at the airport on the tarmac, if you look around that, you'll see these cookie sheets on the tarmac in different places. Um, it, they're, they're noticeable. And if you, especially if you Google like what they look like, there's different types. You're, you're going to see them. Cool. Um, so yeah, that basically they, then we deliver them to, uh, so we deliver them to the terminal, basically just a warehouse that the airline contracts with, uh, a okay. bunch of freight schleppers. And mm. they Schleppers. is there any is there any like FAA or security situ- yeah. happening? Okay, good. Yeah, when, with yes. this or not? Really? Yes, yes. So every everything that moves, every all freight that goes on passenger or commercial aircraft has to be screened. Um, there's a couple ways you can do that, and depending on the commodity, but you're you're a crate of widgets. So um, 
we could you could have um, a dog. There's dogs that could uh, they're trained properly. They can you can screen with a dog a canine, uh, and then most commonly you're, there's X-rays. You know they're sending through, or there's a what is it called EDT? It's like electronic detection technology or something like that. Uh, basically, it's like a you take a, a cotton swab and you swab the outside of it and you put it through this machine and it's detect, trying to detect if there's any you know harmful material close to devices. Oh like yeah, that. they've done that to my laptop before. Yeah, yeah, Huge and so pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. So if if it uh, if you fail screening, uh, you actually have to re- yeah you have to return the cargo back to where it came from, and basically oh, start oof. start all over again. Uh, but oh, that's before it gets before it gets to like it's loaded on the aircraft. Obviously, that's at a either our facility or uh, at the airline directly. So okay. so say it gets loaded mm-hmm. right, and then it you know it goes. So then we're flying, 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 and then we arrive in Sydney. Then what's the link at that point? Yeah, most so um, most likely we're gonna uh, send a truck in to also our first. So they're gonna take it off the plane. They're going to deliver it to a, a ground handling agent, uh, which is basically you know, another warehouse the airline contracts with at the destination in Australia. They're going to, uh, you know, if, it, if, it, if, it, uh, if it's our company's consolidation, we're just going to go arrive to the warehouse, pick those goods up, bring them back to our warehouse, break that cookie sheet down, deconsolidate it, or we're going to say, and then um, deliver that freight individually to the, you know, respective parties. Hmm. There's a customs now, clearance piece in there if too. There's, what happens if you load the, you load me, you load all the widgets, right? They're on the plane, planes on the tarmac, weather comes in, mm-hmm. flight gets canceled. Is that just like a total nightmare for someone like you? Or is it like, is, or is there a system in place that will move the freight onto another plane or does that get all screwed up because that plane's already got freight? Yeah, basically, you know, they just reshuffle things, but you're just going to get, everything's just going to get bumped, right? So, uh, gotcha. or rolled to the next available flight. So, yeah, there's nothing you can do about the weather there. Right. The, the real challenge is if you misroute something, you know, so it can happen. You're gotcha. not supposed to go to city, but we put you into Brazil. You know, and then, uh, you know, Brazil has very, uh, yeah, well, yeah, they have, from a trade standpoint, they don't like uh, their restrictionist economy or like a protectionist economy, I guess. And they don't like anything coming in. So they make it very hard for people to ship there. If you ship there on accident, they're pretty much going to keep your shit. So that's where like it really gets nasty if you like a misroute. Mm. And having your shit on the other side of the world when it's supposed to be um, in Australia is not good. And, you know, people are paying obviously a premium to ship this stuff. Air freight. I'll, I'll throw some nuggets at you. Um, uh, yeah, knowledge. Yeah, knowledge. Um, all right. So I think it's thirty-five percent of the global the value of global trade moves by uh, air by in in the air by air freight. Um, but only only one percent of the volume does. Right. So one percent of the so volume. like of the actual of the number of shipments. It's just a bunch of small shit. No, it's a bunch of valuable shit. Mm-hmm. Expensive stuff. Expensive shit. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Small and valuable shit. Yeah, right. So, you know, 99% of international freight moves on the water, right? Moves on ocean. You know, in, a, in a container. What's the craziest container. thing you've had to ship? 
craziest thing I've had to ship. Or like craziest company, like is there any kind of crazy thing you've had to figure the logistics out for? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. It's, it's gonna, uh, yeah, I'm it's trying just to think. A, RJ, just it's just a box of dildos. It, yeah. I, well, I was going to say a box of uh, a crate full of uh, barbecues to Australia. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll, I'll give you a story. So there's this guy. Um, yeah, I think I can say this. If not, I'll play to cut it. Um, so there's, there's, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're listening. So yeah, yeah, be sensitive. Exactly. Be sensitive in what this, you this said. This guy might be in prison. So, um, <laughs> oh my god, so this guy, yes. uh, this guy, guy had a company, and he was, I forget what he was even, what his company was even selling. Okay, but long time, long time customer, um, not my customer. It's just a story of her, right? So, okay, I'm trying to like cover my ass here. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't say any. Don't say any real names. Yeah, yeah. Of course. No, hell no. Um, so, uh, long time we've been doing business with this guy for a long time. All of a sudden, uh, he got a shipment coming in, and he's a regular, regular importer, right? One was one particular shipment was has been delayed, 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 delayed for a long time, and uh, so we call up. Uh, the guy's losing his fucking mind at us. So we call up. You know, we're the customs broker, so we call up customs. Hey. Uh, what's going on with the shipment? Um, and they say, "Hey, well, it's uh, it's basically on exam, which means they're going to inspect it. They're going to do a full <laughs> physical inspection, right? So been flagged, been flagged it's been in the bathroom. Yep. So they're going to customs going to take it. They're going to pull it aside. They're going to open that. They're going to open the doors, break the seal, and they're going to go. They're going to rip through this thing. It's just basically, you know, they're, they're going to make a big yep. scene. Um, oh God. So." Um, when you, when you got goods coming in, you have to declare to customs what you're bringing in, right? And this guy was supposed mm. to be bringing in fucking widgets, okay? Um, right. Well, customs goes through. We get a call back. Customs says, hey, I think you need to come down here and see this. Um, it's oh. a bunch of uh, uh, collector's samurai swords, okay? Uh, oh, that this guy had. Like katanas? Nice. Like, yeah, I don't know. This guy, I don't know what the fuck he was bringing in, but he didn't declare it, right? And they were expensive as shit. He was basically trying to smuggle these in. Um, so he got a big, you know, this customer got a big, big slap on the wrist and say, Hey, listen, you're, you're basically everything's being watched, you know, and you, you do this again, we're going to you know, shut your ass down. I think he had to pay some big ass fine. Okay. So a couple months go by, yeah. a couple months go by, another shipment comes in again, there's a delay customs flag and the guy, the customer's losing his mind. Customs calls up to him. You guys need to come down here again. Um, oh, they, the guy was, oh. the guy was trying to uh, smuggle in some collector's car, you know, in a, in a container. Um, yeah. And totally undeclared. Just trying to, you know, not pay duties on it, not yeah. you know, get it in. And, and, uh, yeah, like, uh, two weeks later we drove by and his business was completely shut down. So, oh, so, uh, damn. Well, he's probably in jail now. Yeah. There's people doing shady shit, you know, um, That's... yeah, but there's, there's a whole, you know, there's all kinds of crazy stories international trade i i don't know about you rj but i feel very satisfied by the amount of knowledge and that i just learned this was like way more than i was anticipating nolan so you did a great job thank you yeah yeah nolan you crushed it for sure uh this was fantastic nolan uh is there anything you i mean you're not like Obviously, you're not in showbiz or anything, but is there anything you want to plug? You got an Instagram you want people to find or anything? Or no, no, no I actually don't want people to find me at all. 
Um, you want to stay off the grid. I want to stay off the grid buried. Um, actually, I'm going to use an alias. So we're going to have to dub all the Nolans that you use. Um, hmm. Perfect. No, no. Nice. I change don't. your voice. Well, yeah, do the witness protection voice, you know, where, you know. Yes, exactly. Well, maybe the, you know, maybe the next time we'll have you back, Nolan. And, and this time RJ can pretend to be uh, the hot dog that goes on the grill. Um, but he wants to go via ocean instead of the airplane. Yeah, I can give you so a lot more. We'll I can, I can give you a lot scenario. more ocean. I thought the news story you guys are going to go with was the um, the Ukraine the the Antonov being destroyed in the Ukraine. Um, and uh, no, RJ, does, we, do you know what the Antonov uh, is? Your 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 airplane is an airplane podcast. You guys should know what Antonov the Antonov is. Yes. Okay. All right. Oh yes, right. absolutely. And uh, we've been actively trying to stay away from Ukrainian. News hot button topics podcast. hot button topics <laughs> we stay more with the uh you know fedex is cutting seven okay. of its international flights yeah, yeah. it's like oh all right shit yeah. all right <laughs> yeah stop the presses everyone yeah yeah have so you heard spirit, the news spirit now and another flight out of orlando yeah yeah. Oh, Philadelphia. Yeah. You like you like my answer yeah they're both just matching up demand uh yeah, that was good no, I, mean, I mean that's made what sense we to me yeah Oh. Uh, oh my god thank you all thank you again nolan you're uh fantastic uh thank you as always ty for being here thank you john croteau for the music please remember to rate review and tell your friends about sky lounge the podcast don't forget to subscribe if you guys have any airport related questions you'd like us to discuss on the podcast have it or head over to skyloungethepodcast.com drop us a note or send us an email at skyloungethepodcast at gmail.com and remember, Nolan, you ready for this uh, this sign-out line here? Hit me. While you're walking on the moving sidewalk, please stand to the right. 